rise, 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 warrior, you rise, rooted in all that's true to Hello and welcome to our Way of the Wild Dreamer podcast, full of juicy musings on the creative life, with me, Claire Jasmine Beloved, and as we'd say in Liverpool, all me mates. <laughs> Interesting arty friends who will be sharing real life stories and the lowdown on being a creative in the world. as they say in Liverpool, to be with my new studio sister, Michelle Peterkin-Walker from Acoma Arts today as one of our Wild Dreamer podcast guests. Um, We don't know each other really well, which is a bit different to the other people that I've been interviewing, but I like that because I think it'll be a nice way to get to know each other as new mates. And I can actually see Michelle's studio from where I'm sitting and she can probably see mine because we're across the courtyard yay, <laughs> yay! from each other <laughs> Aspen Yard here in Toxteth and um, what I really love about having a studio is the other people that you meet and connect with and just um, you know having that community so we're just we've only just moved in really so I'm really looking forward to um, getting to know Michelle and all the amazing things she does and um to have this chance to chat and get to know you, Michelle. So welcome. Oh, thank you, Claire. <laughs> and I love what you've just said because that's one of the things that I've loved about being at Aspen Yard already. You know, meeting yourself and the other bunch of creatives and people who've got all studios down here. It's just been really nice. I remember seeing you with some artwork downstairs and as I was coming in, I'm like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> and that was it, you know, the connection stuff. So for me, that is networking in this community ethos and this community spirit and being around people who are just nice, progressive community people. Yeah. It's really good. And I don't mean like community in that kind of lesser word. I mean in that totally great, wholesome way, you know, with every aspect of what you do, you know. So yeah, it feels good. So thank you for inviting me. And thank you for letting me get to know you a little bit more too. <laughs> and I, I've just been looking at your Facebook page and I love the quote that you had on there. If you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And it's just a beautiful so I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits already in the way that we think and are so I can see although our listeners won't be able to your amazing studio there so it looks gorgeous I love all your artwork can you tell us about your creative life what it what does it look like and how did it all unfold to be what it is now okay well I'm gonna start at where I am now I'm in a happy place. I'm loving it. I'm loving where I am. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving who I'm meeting and it's feeling right good. Um, and it's evolving. It isn't in like, oh, making loads of money or anything, but right now I'm surviving in a better way than I was a year ago. 
So where I am, I'm just connecting and feeling like things are actually going forward. I'm loving the space, but I wasn't always here. Um, mm. So that's the thing. It's always an evolution in the arts and stuff yeah. and how you approach it. So much like other people, I went to John Moore's, done a degree, got a practical skill in screen studies and came out. And I know a lot of people don't always come out doing the thing what they studied. And I thought, I'm not doing that. What was the point in studying? So the practical aspect I used to use and do video projects, document things in the community. So when I first started, it was just analog. And within a couple of years of graduating, it changed to digital, a whole other learning curve. So, um, but it was good to give myself a practical skill. So that's what I've always used. I've done it kind of as a sideline thing where I'd always have a paid cushion job, work my nine to five, if you want to call it. And then anything outside of that, I do projects. So I kind of used to offset that by the work I've done in hostels and stuff because I could do a kind of shift work, get days together so I could do a project. Yeah. So that's how I've mostly gone through um, in the end. And then, you know, you can go through the system doing a lot of things and it kind of does you in. Yeah. So I'll be honest, I yeah. had enough of doing the work I've done. I was in Bristol for 12 years. I've done all creative stuff down there, much like I'd done when I was in, in, in Liverpool, which was really cool. After I got back home, I was done that housing thing, and then I thought, oh, hell no. I've got to get away from this. It was killing my spirit, literally, mentally. Yeah. I was so low that I just needed a change. Done this photography course um, in Blackburn House and the beekeeping course. So some things have just moved me straight from the arena where I was in social house and blah, blah, blah. Done that and it just lifted my whole spirit, my mental being. So props to the teacher in um, Blackburn House and Blackburn House and the ladies. Then things are necessary. The beekeeping course, what Rasta Barry said, go and do some beekeeping, Michelle. Go and learn something. And <laughs> wow. I'm like, my whole spirit changed. Mm. From there, that's what I do. Design, a little bit, like you said, do a little bit of design. I, I was tired of doing video at the time, so I didn't want to go near it because you know when you get low, yeah. things you just can't touch things. Yeah. Got to that stage, couldn't go near it. So I thought beekeeping in that and the photography. The photography made me laugh because it was something that I actually forgot I'd loved, which is the reason why I done media and video because I tried to do a photography course, but it wasn't happening. And I'm like, ah, oh, I love this. It just made me feel so, 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 so good. Started to change my energy. Oh, I'm going to make greeting cards. I'm not going. I need a job. I'm not going back to that. Yeah. You know, this one was a freelancer. Yeah. She had a passion for photography. And no one conveys their passion. It reignites your own. Yeah. She did that. Ignited my passion back in the creative arts. And then I started making greeting cards. I thought, right, that's my job. I'm going to try and get some money to um, do it. Yeah, they're going through the whole system of the NEA system, the count the dole coming off and all them things. Done that whole package, which wasn't the easiest, but no. I had to have an avenue because I wasn't working no more. Yeah. So did all that and got someone actually got the loan, which I haven't finished paying back because it's not that easy. <laughs> Through the job centre. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I got that when I was saying, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to get some money, will kind of get you a little bit mm -hmm. about what you want to do. Yeah. And that helped. I'll be honest, it was also a, a pitfall because I had to pay it back straight away. So I was in yeah. Patty 22. I'll be honest, everybody, I defaulted on that loan. It's not like I'm saying do that. Yeah. But if I didn't do what I'd done and get myself going, I wouldn't be here now. And if I was still trying to kill myself paying back a loan at the time in a stressful way, it was just swap, swapping one form of stress for another, yeah. which was the process wasn't the best to help you set up and give you a chance to get working. And then you don't go. really understand the reality of setting up a business duty with nothing. No. Mm. Um, so that was um, something I had to make a decision about. Um, and once I get better, 
all those decks you have, you'll clear and do what you do once you get really rolling. So it's not like I don't want to do things like that. Yeah. It was a necessary to get me going forward and I own that. So yeah, from there, make greeting cards, then it went to framed art because people did see, oh, can you make that in the picture? Can you make that in the picture? From there, the kind of snowboard, got my first African OEA. Um, apply for it because that's why they do some of the funding and the money for to settle. Great. So Africa OEA for the because this has got listeners all over the world. So Africa OEA is our big festival in the park here in Liverpool, and it has all stalls and everything and artists and amazing energy, isn't it? So you had a stall at Africa yeah, OEA, yeah. Stall at Africa yeah. OEA, and that was the first time. And yeah, it was. Um, I was still a learning trader, so learning how to trade. Um, I went down to a, a, um, a event called Spitalfield in um, Pop-Up Africa that also um, got me into that whole vibe and seeing what people do. So it was, it was always learning, selling the pictures, selling the art and cards and t-shirts and key rings and just anything that I could t- change it to. You know, people give you stuff to my nephew, give me like, oh, I've got these old key rings, Michelle's got something. Oh yeah, I've got images in them. So, and you take a lot of help from people who want to see you grow. So family and the friends who've helped me on this journey you know, I've got the most respect for because, you know, if you've got your family and they're used to me working and stuff like that, so I have to sell all the kids stuff. Not another present, not this. And yeah. she's come to lend money from you. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> your turn, your yeah. turn. So all things like that. But um, yeah, it got there. So Africa, oh yay, other markets. Um, I started doing something um, called African Village Market, just providing a platform for artists and creators who also sell their wares. Because I realised I also needed something more than just once a year, like Africa OEA. So I started doing some things like that. And um, yeah, I was just working from home. You know what you do as yeah. a self-employed person, yeah. which is really good but hard um, working from home. Yeah, it cuts down all your overheads and things like that. But I've got a real pokey place. Um, yeah. So when the art and all the stuff that I had, it was literally swamping me. And I was getting down in my own home. It's hard, isn't it, to like, um, you know where's all the stuff going and then you're all over your sofa <laughs> people yeah. are knocking at your house to pick stuff up and well, all that well literally all that you know because <laughs> even when you've got to promote yourself you know you've got to have an address online yeah. and all these things so yeah. you're not very vulnerable because you have to put certain amount of your personal information yeah, until you get like a studio like i've got down here Yay! With so um, you've got a lovely studio here in aspen yard <laughs> in toxteth and I'm made yeah. up that you're here. You deserve that space. Oh, me too, honestly, Claire. People, everyone who's seen me make me post because I've had to use social media a lot more to show where I'm at. Yeah. One thing everyone said is, oh, Michelle, you look really happy. I'm like, I am. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time coming. It's so sweet to have a studio, isn't it? It's yeah, like really it sweet. I had to stop telling it somewhere and the people thank you, thank you, but I really was appreciative of it. Yeah. Because even when I met people like yourself and the people I've met, it's just, yeah. it's just like, I have to wake up and go, can it get any better? You well, know. <laughs> but it is just life, and that's the thing with people in life, you don't realize how much things can evolve if you let it. But I do have to say, like when everyone when COVID came and the money stopped and all these things, I was really, 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 really low last year. Yeah. Really low. Yeah. Physically, personally, spiritually, even though I've known things, but you get them pits and troughs in your life. Yeah. I had to pick myself up and just switch the energy because I was literally walking past and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I hate you. So, yeah, and yeah. it's really that deep. And then after I switched that, all the things started to connect positively again. And I was like, ah, that's happening. 
Still, and still doing work when, it, when, it's, when you're tough and it's tough and you haven't got nothing. Yeah. You know, still writing some little bids here and then, here and there, little small things to get projects going. Having hope, really. Yes. Possibility and keeping going. Yeah, it's a it's a thing you have to do as a self-employed person, as anybody. But yeah. if you lose yourself employed, just keep going and having the networks around that keep you bolstered yeah. when them low points really come, you know. And it sounds like um that you followed some threads, you know. I think it's really hard when you're dead low, isn't it? And it's dead funny because as I've told on other podcasts, when I arrived at Blackburn House when I was um twenty-one dead depressed and it was like a portal to another world so I ended up working there and everything but um that opened my world up big time and took me on another trajectory so it's beautiful hearing you say that but I love um you know going on a tangent like the bees is fucking fabulous because sometimes you just need that that energy so tell me more about how the bees lifted you um, always known what Uncle Barry as he is to us, um, Rasta Barry. You'll, you'll know him, you'll know him, get to know Rasta <laughs> Barry in the community. And he'd always encourage me to do beekeeping. I'd go and visit on his allotment because you know, like the green spaces and being just down there helping down the allotment. Yeah, he'd always encourage me. So I'd watch him do what he do. And he said, Go into a course. So when I was sitting there one day, I'm like, Okay, horse. And I saw Blackburn House's horse. There was a guy there, I can't remember his name, was Nick Rick. Um, follow this one, his name, but he was a good teacher. Um, so I'd done his course and just that disconnect from other things. Yeah. Disconnect from the negativity of what was going on yeah. and focusing on something completely new and something live. You understand? These are live, they're living entities. I'm a plant person, so I've got loads of plants. Um, <laughs> so the thing of a living thing, and I've got a cat, so I'm about, got no kids, but I've got a cat to be baby. I've got all <laughs> these too. things. Um, I like living things still. Yeah. So yeah. The bees still made you look at what is life and it's almost like oh, I don't mean to be all deep and silly but it's like a metaphor for life almost you know the hive the collectiveness of it how they work the honeybee the queen bee there's a whole hierarchy in the process where it helps you where you fit in yeah. and everything's necessary not is not vital the drone and everything so you can look at this whole thing so it was a practical thing learning cave took me away I had something to look forward to a sketch scared a bit of the bees um, never been stung before oh, I'm a bit scared of bees <laughs> but I love the idea of it and just to be even get over the fear where you're standing amongst all bees and doing all the stuff and lifting all the the frames mm. out and just mm. doing the whole process it built a confidence that confidence transferred somewhere else back again yeah. and just reignited so i've always done it i haven't got my own beehive and body moans every year to me that i've got to get it together and have my own i'm still a bit quirky about it i'm like oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll just come and help you rasta valley so i still go and see him i still go and hang out with the bees I've got yeah. bee so i still do that yeah. i think it's something to build in yeah and when i get properly settled i'm going to have my own so i want to be able to give back you know it's about this give back process or ecology how you live you're part of this whole system. What can we all do as an individual? Because as an individual, many great women and other people that I've met along my life have taught me that an individual can do a whole lot. You know, we always said, oh, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson changed the world. Yeah, he did, but he's one and you're one. And it's just in that anyone who you are can change the world on a big scale, micro macrocosm or the microcosm when you're in your own little world and how you live. So it was about how I can do that with my world and it broadens out. So it just lifted me, and that's why I've got a faith thanks to the people involved, even like Rasta Valley, because what it done for my spirit, mm. it was my spirit. Mm. You know, you can't put a price on this, people, your spirit. I don't care who you are, what you are, what you earn, your spirit is vital. You know, and 
even with COVID, you see that people were, a lot of people were lost and who you don't connect with. This thing of connecting, showing love, the importance. And yeah, these people say you only, you've got a different belief system. These people believe you only once, you can come back. I don't care if you can come back or you don't come back, you're here. What do you do while you're here? Yeah. And that's what my challenge was to myself. Um, so that's where I'm at. So that's why I'm like, right now, all that is kind of converged. If you all these things in your life, like all these different jobs, housing, whatever it is, youth work, I used to sit there and go, why have I done all these random things? And then coming to like 49, well, I'm 49 now, I was 49 last, year, last month, and coming to the half century, I realised, oh, it all does converge. Which I didn't, my, the, the megalomaniac areas in me always want to control things, that thing <laughs> where you can't control nothing, yeah. you just go with the flow. Nothing's lost, is it? Like, I think everything I've done, even the fucking bad alleyways I've been down and bad relationships and all that, it's all given me something. I'm not in a like positive thinking kind of naff way, but like really shaped me so that I can show up in a certain way in my community. Definitely. Mm. And this is it. The good, the bad, and I call it the indifferent, you know. You know the ugly still. There's some ugly shit out there too. But that good, bad and indifferent, it is um it does shape you and it, it is how it kind of makes you grow, you know, because we've all got to grow and seeing generations come after me now where I was once that young person. I'm not the young person no more. I'm like, oh yeah, no. I was always the youngest, the youngest to be doing this and that. And now the like Someone said, oh, you know that older lady who does that? And I, I couldn't believe you were talking about me. <laughs> I was no, like... Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that your spirit is so young that you forget that. You do, because you forget how old you are. I know. And that's, that's a, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I met some elders who were like 70, and this guy used to make me laugh. He used to get joked like a kid, tease kids like he was seven years old again. And I just love that spirit, you know, where it just doesn't... I, I really look forward to getting old because I'm 48 and I just think bring on me being a wild crone and my mother says you're already that <laughs> and I think you know um but I I love that and I think that you know as soon as you meet you um my impression is you are just one of them and Sandra said the same she's just one of them good women in the world who like gets things done like, do you know, sometimes, oh, so do you know, sometimes, Michelle, you listen to people and they're like, well, I'm trying to apply for 30 pounds worth of funding because then I'll be able to do this project I've dreamed of. And we laugh and go, give me 50 quid and I'll change this community. <laughs> it is. It's about the things we can do with a little bit. Yeah, and it's real because we've had to do so much constantly like that. And even if, even if we're Michael, my background, African Caribbean, single mum grown with four kids, and I've watched her go through it. I call my mum mum sister soldier because she soldiered and walked with me on every every idea, every journey, everything like your four kids and under one that comes to this idea, mum. <laughs> you know? Do you know Michelle, my mum used to say, What the book next? Because <laughs> I'd have a packing up t shirt. When I was twenty two, I said, Let's make gorgeous goddess t shirts and she was like oh. You know, and then she's like, what are you doing? Will you just get a proper job? And I was like, it's like the next idea. She used to call them trotters in, you know, like, Rodney Trotter. Yeah. Honestly, but I love that, clear. And even when your mum's recognised her personalities, because I used to have, like, I call it the cushion of the job. Yeah. So I'm always trying something. Now it's not, you know, you know cushion, it's just me. So I'm always like, oh, next thing. Yeah. And next thing. So yeah. now I am like that person. Oh, it, oh, mum, I'm doing this. Oh, okay. And uh, you come into, can you help me do this? And if, he, if, he, if she, she can't help me for and then she'll just feed me as mother. Oh. She's the best cook in the pool, as you know, for my mum, Miss Viv. So even if it just means 
I don't have to, I can just go, oh, it's any food there. You know, you, you, you that thing, you just work, 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 and you'll be starving, suddenly want to faint. Yeah, just so, feeding you. Yeah. And, um, you know, could you tell us a little bit about how you create the artwork? Like, tell us a bit about the actual art. Yeah. Okay, a column that came about, um, like I said, I work, I'm a digital artist, that's what I refer to it as now. And I use the photography, the video, and the graphic design to make the um, imagery so that it could be the cards, the framed off, or whatever I do. So I might just go around the community taking pictures. Yeah. Um, so some pictures are of actually on that side, I've done some um, design on them, are of some local people, some are people where I've travelled internationally, and some of these images I've, I gathered. I thought, okay, let me work with some of these images. So some people say, is that to know them? And I'm like, no, they just look like somebody. And the people who are from here, like, they don't even pick up on it. And I'm like, that's <laughs> from here, you know? So yeah, I yeah. use that. It's really one of the things I'd started with is because there wasn't many pictures of like Rasta women. My mum's a Rasta and my aunties yeah. and stuff. So yeah. I could barely find a picture of a Rasta woman. You know, you can just buy a black card and used to have black cards, but even they stop you know, the cultural cards. So I'm like, oh, I've got an image of a rasta woman. I'd have to go online, literally, you wouldn't find it around before I had to make some. And that's yeah. how I got started in, in images. It's the same thing as being from African Caribbean background, the representations of images um, were always so much negative. You had to mine it, good images, and everything was so much negative, 90% negative, even with video. So it's one of the reasons why I picked up the photography and the video. So we could tell our own stories, our own images, the positivity, even with a video camera back in the day. You know when you put a video, you're filmmaking a birthday party or in your house, everyone moans at the putting the camera in the face and that, yeah. that person in the house, oh, Miss Jan, you're in the cameras again. But as soon as you put the video on, everyone's watching themselves. I love that we enjoyed watching ourselves still yeah. and our own images. And it wasn't just, oh, the riots or whatever. Yeah. It can be something important, something nonsense. But it's us and all our stories, you know. And, and then lost archive and those lost stories, because I bet you're glad you've up and filmed now and you've got them images and the videos. I am indeed. That's where this your lens on LA is coming, this next project I'm looking at. And it's funny when you're saying um, what you can do with something or nothing with funding. When I had no money or nothing and even with no way to do it all through the COVID, I thought, oh, what have I got? Videos, let's go and have a look at them things. Oh, yeah. Get them out. One thing I had to because they were all in the wrong place. I didn't store them well. Oh God! I'm Tell still, me about that. Still working to see what can be played, what can salvage because yeah. you lose some stuff. And I nearly cried when I seen that what I lost because the value of it is so important now. Um, yeah. Going back, even seeing the ones I put up of the community in 1998, seeing Juicy Street, how gorgeous it was. I'm like, oh, I lived across on Juicy Street. What the hell did they do with them buildings? And I thought they knocked down. I was nearly cried again. I'm like. That looks nice. Yeah. What was wrong with our area? Yeah. So a little yeah. thing that you want to fight for, you fight for them things now and don't lose sight of it. So a young lady came to me after the video project, Dingle Grails Group, wherever you were in the Dingle Girls Group, and these are all young women now, large up. So I always think, where's all them girls I worked with? And like, they like, look about like 70 now with the big heels on and like, got about five kids. And I still think they're like 16. Well, that's it. I watched the video and I was like, and then a lady come back to me and said, Oh, Michelle, I've got a project we've been out in school. And I'm like, You haven't been married then. Who's that name? You know, I don't even know who you are. But she said, Sure, feels. And I'm like, Definitely the girls. And yeah. then another one came and said, Oh, Michelle, because I know your mum has passed, like Pam Harrison, rest in power. You know, and when she came to me, she said, Oh, Michelle, I'd love to see my mum again. Wow. I went and dug it out after the second quarter. I thought, let me go find that tape. Yeah. I found one version of it, not the master rushes, but I found the actual master copy, sent it to her, she was made up. The beautiful message that she sent me. So her mum was captured 
with this interview. And okay, it's here, mum, but I asked her, could I also show the interview? Because what, this, what Pam talks about is still so poignant. The, the information corners of the English roads and what she's talking about is just a gorgeous little, it's a gorgeous clip. And I'm like, it's so meaningful even now. So I'm like, oh, even for me, that meant something. For you and your mum's past, I'm like, oh, blessings. So this is the depth of it, which you just don't know. I didn't know at the time, because I know it, we all die, we all come to us all. But yeah. Understand the reality of that, that's what it is for me. The reality kicked in, you know. It's um, really beautiful to, I also think that sometimes I'm so caught up in what can I produce. I forget that I've got 25, you're probably the same, 26 years worth of work that, has never been honoured really that I can go back and do something with now. That's beautiful and that's, you You are an archivist and a, and a documenter of of the community and, and people's stories. And we probably didn't know at the time, we were just like, you Honestly. know, doing our thing, but that's, that's really beautiful. That's real talking now, Claire, because I think what we kind of opened my eyes to that was when Sandy Hughes was doing an archive project and she started to go through her stuff, she got me involved in it and I was going, oh, Sandy, look at her, yeah. oh, look at her, yeah. oh, God, did they help me? And I'm like, oh, Sandy, this is so important. So she clicked that thing in me about the importance. And obviously things come to you, you put it down and I always say everything in its, its time. Yeah. Yeah. And things have the... Yeah. So, you know, there'll be, there'll be fucking like when we die. They were fucking amazing women then. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what, Claire? And I'm glad you said that because one of the things I want to do while we're still on the planet is honour all amazing women. I, I couldn't honour your pan while you were in life and the recorders and I respect what you were talking about on the video, just the pride of, of your culture and your community. It's why Auntie Maxine, yes, yeah, she's anti-Maxine, but also my aunties have come from Del Ardo and dance and introduced me to the art. It always takes me to theatres and stuff like that. And for them, I love going to all these things. So yeah. my auntie's been teaching, teaching dance, dancing and a performance arts for 40 years, and she's still here. So I want to show something if I've got any bits and pieces to show you so we can celebrate you while you're here. Because it's time clearly to celebrate people while they're here. You know, yeah. it's good to honour the people who rekindle or refine somebody and honour them. But there's people here walking, it's time now to, so we can live it and encourage the ones who are young. Oh, I want to be like them and I can be. And it just Definitely. connects, you know, you can actually sit and say, oh, yeah, when I'm old and wrinkled and I can't move and you come and see me and come and get the artwork and do what you do. So you want to come and see me. Remember this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but I, a long time ago, I just sat in like a women in business award thing that someone had invited me to and everyone was sipping champagne and it was all, and I just thought, this is not my table. And what I think is like the people's stories that are amazing in Liverpool are the untold ones because there's people just getting on with it and doing the thing. Um, and they're the stories that I'm interested in. They're the people that I want to sit and learn from. Um, and I, yeah, so there's, yeah, I'm with you there. No, a million percent. Yeah, because one thing I keep learning about people is like, if I, I sit and talk to you, I'll probably learn that you do at least seven different things that I wasn't, I might be aware yeah. of three that I can see. Yeah. And we've got these masses of skills and talents and networks what can actually go so many places. So I wanted to, um, to kind of explore that with so many people because, yeah, like I said, Auntie Maxine, people will know what is dance. You know, when she talks about how she's brought her dance full scale with her healing and um, Pilates and massage, it's comfort, it is comfort, everything. I'm like, oh, Auntie. So I know that. 
she does all sorts of things. Okay, you don't know that she knits, she sews, and you know, and I'm like, okay, there's four things, just anti-maxing and one, you yeah. know, and then how many how many peoples are like that? And I'll be honest, I'm a black woman, African woman. I'm gonna celebrate me and my womanhood. Yeah. You know, not knocking not knocking the brothers out there, the stories are out there. I'm about sharing these stories too. It's why Edel Beam when we done on thing on International Women's Day. He wrote a book celebrating women's those recipes and stories from L8, and I loved it. And I chose to read from that because one of my granddads had passed away, and she's in the book. He, I, I knew three people who passed away in that book. He yeah. went, Michelle, the seven at least. Yeah, I said, oh, no, mate, That's a legacy. Yeah, Look what you've done. Yeah. maybe we can get someone else to do it. But if people see it, you want to do your generation. And that's the thing I'm talking about, about the live thing. And it, even though you had to go, oh, Michelle, I didn't look at it. I'm, like, I'm saying, mate, thank you. Look what you've saved. Yeah, you know, yeah, all these yeah. things. You know, I call me a porridge. As we say, call me a porridge. You know, it's, it's <laughs> these things. And we know about it. It's about the, set, the heritage and the culture, what comes with it. So the more we can do that and do us, get these stories told. And I'm about, in whatever ways we can do that, with an image, with a poem, with whatever it is, or just go into things where they are celebrating so you get known. And we don't need to wait till someone gives us permission or invites us to the tape to do an exhibition or invites us here and there. We can tell them stories now, can't we? Well, yeah, because I'll be honest, I've been sat there and trying to write funding like every other artist and it's been hard for the Arts Council. I'm still hopefully going to put a bid in. I've been trying to get funded to get like the Your Lens on LA, the archive project going. Then other projects, I've got the video project, the Matt's um, Meet Me at the Spring with Jordan Covert. I'd go to the cathedral and catch water. I'd meet some really, I'd have some really interesting encounters which just showed the beauty and the humanity of us yeah so i wanted to capture this on film yeah i can still i'm still going to do that whether i've got funding or not you know? so and i rate honestly i rate it because what am i going to do if i can sit there and say no and i can't do it some people give me funding for the, the kit now always eating fund i shout you out all the time because you and um Austin Fund and Northwest House because he gave money just for the kids and small bits of fun yeah, like friends to says. enable you to just yeah. do what you're doing. So if it means that I don't get paid, I can still do because I get filled in a different way. Sometimes you can create your own way by what you do. You know, yeah. next down the line. And I just sometimes people say, oh, "Well, I'm waiting till I get that funding and do that project." But no. you know, my son goes mad at me because I've well, I've already started it. I'm going to do that whether I get the money or not. Yeah. You know, she said, "Is that economically viable?" I went, no. and I just laughed. <laughs> I went, I I've never done anything that's economically viable in my life. Because <laughs> get paid in some way. Because <laughs> if I, get, I just think as long as I can live, and and sometimes like. Okay, well, that costs more than yeah. I'm selling it for less than it actually costs to make, but I don't care because it's out in the world. Yeah. And I also think I'll get to the end of my life and I won't care how much you've made or that. I'll just know that I did that. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's really warming to hear that clear because he's not like, just going to ship something off today this morning. Um, <laughs> it's just like that. But, you know, sometimes you go, oh, Michelle, come to this. But everything that you've just said, but I'm still like, and there's other women I know who are like this, and they're like, okay, we've got all our books, but it's like this profit margin thing, you know, this profit oh, margin is very minute, if anything at all. You <laughs> might just break even. <laughs> you know, you're lucky. Sometimes I've had business advisors, and they've just gone, that's not viable. And mm. I just think, well, you watch me. My nephew's an accountant. He's also my banker when he's ready. He would always tell me, Auntie, really? This is a very good business approach, but he understands. And I was like, it's an artistic approach. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you about, what you put out there so sometimes I was glad that someone put my artwork in the states and I'm like oh, look where it's going <laughs> you know a piece of work that I asked the man said oh Michelle have you ever thought about this making this rat a trinity 
I said, okay, I'll have a look though, I'll make one for you. Mm. So I made it for them, said he liked it, said I changed it one more time, got, I wasn't quite satisfied. So that's been one of my biggest sellers in the States. And wow. I had to tell him, mate, thank you. You've yeah. got to come back and see me because your artwork that I created for you, I've put that out there. There's more than just you interested in it. It started selling again and I'm like, that's a hard one to sell. But not all, it's just whatever is out there, what people connect and with. And the threads of where that takes you or, you know, to me, what's beautifully valuable if someone says like I have had that in my purse that picture for 10 years and I always get I think that is worth a million pounds you take yeah. your million pound because that knowing that what you've created has touched someone is priceless yeah and it's this thing like the prices there's one thing I always said about I want my art to be affordable in whatever way mm. so affordable is right across the range so it can be what people might see anybody economical yeah indeed I want it in your house yeah I want to be able to buy something I like and see and you can put it in your house yeah. and after crying oh it's nice but I couldn't afford to have it in my house if there's people who want to commission a bespoke piece I'm welcome open to all that so those high-end stuff Welcome to do that. But my work is for the range of people because there's all yeah. people on this planet. And one of the things I said not be like is calling myself an artist for the same pompousness that I used to think that like, art. Because everyone's just just tripping this up your ass thing. Yeah. You're just not so well, not for me very real. I'm very real, very raw, and I can speak as eloquent as you want me to speak. I can speak in long words you want me to or just very real and talk that all people can understand me. You know, it's about this thing of being heard and communicated with communicated yeah. by all. Yeah. So I say it now only because I, I try to embody it in, 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 my own, in my own way, but I was never comfortable because I'm not this, the pompousness of that world, you know, you know all art and all, anything made, made as valuable. It doesn't mean because you're a Damien Hirst or wherever you are, it makes it any more valid. And this is my thing with all things, not much more wild than the next person. No, well, some people are, um, yeah, I love that up your own arse because what, what I feel is that they, they're surprised that the art world is so closed because they expect it to be free, empowering. Oh, well, the art world, yeah. you know. And I'm like, it's just an institution like anything Thank else. You. And it's very snobby. And it's very like, I mean, people say to me, oh, well, you're not really a proper artist, are you? And I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's spiritual or it's, and, and Fidel Mamassi, who um, we've interviewed for one of these podcasts, who is an amazing sculptress. She was saying, um, well, you know, the galleries, like the Tate and they're just petrified of anything with any soul. In it, and it was so oh, true and refreshing. I was like, Yeah, yes. oh, that's real talk. No, that's real, real talk. Um, it's sad to hear. Um, this is where we've got to kind of kick down these institutions and change that, you know, so that mm. when you want to say you want to draw it in and have the inclusive, yeah, well, you're going to have to be different because inclusion is on many, many levels. And even this thing of just being at ease and people being at ease, oh, some other people aren't even at ease to so even go in that space, no. whether you're an artist or not, you know, it's just like, So, how inclusive is that? Yeah. I took um, a young person that I'm working with um, from Alderhey to the Tate and she was like, I feel like I don't belong here, that they're watching me in case I touch something and that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted, even if it's my little gallery here in Aspen Yard, where anyone can come in and go, what's that about? I love it, touch it. You know, not feel yeah. intimidated in a gallery. And that's a real thing whether you're a non-artist, a working class, whatever class you come from, that's something we all go through, this thing of, um, do we belong here? I hear Tony, uh, interviewed by Tony Morrison, you know, this sister, I just love how th those people and those elders went through, even though they had to challenge the racism and discrimination, but just owning them and not having, being unapologetic, not needing no validation, 
it's part of this thing where you've got to own your own energy. I don't need to be validated by you. So therefore, I'm wavy. I'm wavy just because I'm a writer and I write books. Even if my story is about African peoples, African American peoples, it's no less wavy. So this thing of needing other people's legitimacy, no. Yeah. Um, you don't need us no more. We, even if we thought you needed it once before, we don't. Um, and we're not gonna we're not gonna have it. And we're gonna start coming into these places with our own energy. And this is why I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do people. I kick down the door, and that's what I'm about in a nice way. However, way you want to see kicking down the door, metaphorically, physically, I do it literally. <laughs> I yeah. am it's yeah. about this because yeah. it's got to change. And I know what those psychosis do to you as a psychosis. You understand me? So, and it's not a good look. I've been in there even as the brand before streets people to be investigates and I can remember going in there and I'm still trying to shake this energy and we're going as a collective, you know, yeah. still like, oh, oh, and he's like, oh, Liverpoolians. And we're like, Liverpoolians, you mean scousers? Yeah. You know, because whoever's talking to you still isn't a scouser. Yeah. You know, yeah. and what was that refreshing? There was a young um black boy who was there at this lecture and I was made up because he was a scouser, he was a black boy, he was obviously into art, whether he came yeah. in, and he was like, I think you're not about scousers, you know, mate, it's not Liverpool, we don't call himself Liverpool, and I loved <laughs> it, you know, because even to see him there, yeah. me, it's a yeah. generational thing, yeah. so I don't think I would have a day if, I, if it was, I was with an auntie, you know, stand me or with somebody, so it's being able to come through in these places. Sometimes young people, they can break, they haven't got that, what you should say and shouldn't yeah. say, so they I can just... I do. I mean, people say, you know, go and work with them young women and teach them this and that. And I go, they, they teach me. What do, they are my teachers. I yeah. can't teach them. And I say to them, don't ever lose that spirit where you say what you want, you say what you feel. Even yeah. if you're saying to me, Claire, that shit, I'm not doing it. Never lose that. I said, because people yeah. go to therapy for years to get that, that back. back. Thank you. And it's important, Claire. That's why I'm, I'm so glad for the, the work I have done around the youth work. And I still incorporate youth work into all of yeah. the projects because yeah. someone seeing some of the young people I used to work with, look, I make me want to cry when I even think about it. There's some, there's a group of people that I just love. Kelsey, John, all the people that work with me and Natalie in the Methodist Centre. I love you as often because I've watched this generation grow. It's yeah. Miguel, you, Smalley boys, and they've grown lovely. Mm. Not because it's my influence, it's the influence that people have had. There's yeah. been some positive influence. Some, some generations of ours have had to suffer, so yeah. other ones come up, and I've, I've gone I've, I've, I've mixed road with my generation. Mm. But the ones that came below me, like Kelsey, and they're all like they're doing business, they're doing things for themselves. Yes. It's this thing, yeah. that's what was important yeah. for themselves. And yeah. I'm like, and even if they're working in this institution, even Johnny had a lovely spirit when I saw them working with kids again. I'm like, oh, oh and I, priceless. Yeah, that took me grandness to little, um, little play place, and he's the manager there, full circle. And I've gone, give him a big hug. I know that boy, yeah, John. Like, I'm, oh. I'm tiny now. He was looking, I know. Up. look, I'm super <laughs> and tall. He'll never forget. I'm not saying, you know, like you're saying, I'm not saying we can take credit for any of those things, but. You think I've made an impact, and yes. then you think one thing that you've said to them, they'll never yeah. forget. We have made an know. impact, Claire. Yeah. You must own it all. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get people say, oh, own the crap. You do, yeah, well, own the crap, but also own the good. Anything that you know you put good into these kids' yeah. lives, we did. You know, I'm not saying I'm the reason for their whole success, but I'll take some good in the case. I put something good in there, and I'm going to own that because I'm yeah. going to continue to put something good in there. If you don't own it, you can't claim it and keep doing it. You know, same way you own what's crap, you've got to own it and change it. You know, because sometimes when we grew, growing on sugar, going on all these things, what killed our body, what we didn't mm. know, it was, it was cruel, mm. you know, even I'm smoking addicts and all these things, <laughs> you know, which I wish I could undo, but you can't, but 
you've got to know it and own it so that you can change it where you've got to evolve it. So I'm going to own the good and I'm own the bad. So yeah, we've made a positive impact. And when I see it, it's blessed. When I see the kids come to me, I don't even recognize them. A guy on the projects, resilience guard, man, you don't remember me. He's a full grown man with his daughters. He's come on the project. He's wow. gone. You and Natalie were in the uh, Methodist when I used to oh. come. And I've gone, oh, you should have my best groups. I loved you when you come. You <laughs> should have them. Like, oh, little, little bastards. Uh, but it was really cool. And I said, I'm, I love that because you brought your kids to a project. Look at your girls. Yeah. This thing off this in- engagement. So I love it. Yeah. And he'll do the same thing. So keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is like so. Like my soul message is: don't wait for a place at the table. Like make your own fucking picnic blanket and just um, you know do your own thing. Don't wait for permission or someone to say you are good enough to yeah. do that. I went on it. One thing to wrap up with him: a lady named Pauline Myers and a few other people who I've met along my little the journey of late. They went on a retreat and she talked about with, with all these other black women and other black creators and it was about owning your own narrative, owning your own stories, not needing the validation and whatever you want to say and do is good enough. What you're going to be surprised at is that other people are going to like it too. Yeah. And it's this thing that I wanted everybody to be on because this is what it really is. You know, only because some people get cherry picked and pull up and that, oh yeah, it's good, we like it, we could all put out there. But there's loads of stuff that we actually do, people make and we don't see something. Oh, will they like it? You know, one of my little cousins she was doing some creativity. He said, I, was only, I wasn't really sure where this like, showed a friend. His friend was like, oh, that's really good. You yeah. know, gone, I just thought it was this so-so, but even if it means validating from your own circles in that way, but it was just encouragement what he took. And yeah. then from there, he run with it, designed the logo and done what he done. I'm like, see, you just got to own your own shit. Yes. You know that if you like it, that's good enough. Yeah. That's the first customer that's the first audience that's what it is sometimes i've made stuff like you know i've done something and i'm like i really like that now it, it doesn't mean you're gonna sell it it doesn't mean it's whatever it is it's not the best feeling though. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought there was something wrong let me say there's something wrong with that <laughs> it's supposed to be a business woman <laughs> no. do you know what i remember me my first exhibition was um the old jump ship rat do you remember so it was it became the brink it used oh, yeah, to be yeah, yeah. jump ship right like okay. an art gallery and then it used to be a big garage so i had my first exhibition in there i just asked them could i rent it and then i painted it all and and um everyone went i set it all up all my mates helped me i mean god help you if you mate of us because <laughs> you say i've only come round for a cup of tea and next minute i'm lifting an exhibition somewhere or i'm setting that. up a stall or and um Everyone went home and I got changed and I just looked at all my paintings up and um, I danced around the, street, the gallery and I went, I fucking love this. I don't care if no one buys nothing, no one likes it because I love what I've created. And I thought that is like a perfect moment for me. Just well, always yeah. remember that because that's what's most important that we love what we do, isn't yeah. it? And that's how I feel right about now when I come into my number Studio 15 and I'm walking in there and I'm either going to do something with it, even if it's packaging or making something new. I would say that the day and I was just walking around it, look at that thing on the wall. And, um, I love that picture. I did. You know I love this place. I love this energy. Oh, Michelle, I'm so happy. This is so cool. And I, <laughs> I dance around like I have, I have a seven again. Like, yeah, this is so oh, cool. Michelle. And I'm like, Oh my God, to be that happy. And so much sweeter after the journey that you've been 
not. Yes. I feel like you're the queen bee of your own little world over there. And also, you know, what I think about the vibration of bees, I love vibration mm -hmm. of things, like that, that energy. I feel you over there with your queen <laughs> bee energy of just like, I'm wanting to that to vibrate into the community that you are in. Um, I've got so many things I want to ask you, but I know I only told you that we'd speak for 20 minutes, so I'll try and get them in quick. And of the things that I was going to ask you, I just think you've already said really, but um, how can anyone listening help you? Like, um, what do you want people to follow you on instead? We'll put all the links up mm -hmm. and like connect with you, feedback to what they've heard, what you need at the moment. Um, like with all sorts of people, you know, I'm an artist, you want to sell stuff, so we like to get your artwork out there and sold and get to a wider audience. And even like I always tell people, don't be shy, you don't have to buy, so you can come and look. Yeah. I like that people look and talk, because if you come down, you drop down to the studio, we'll have a conversation, things come from those conversations, nice. ideas, I'm always scribbling down a little note, because yeah. I go from somewhere to somewhere with it, Connection. it could be... A connection it could be a network it could be an idea it yeah. could be a project it could be anything you know like someone says something then you go down the road and that, that's a need for somebody else and it's how it all converges so i want people to yes come down drop in follow me on all the social media and just generally get involved in this journey because we're going on a journey of many things and there's other things you're going to learn and find out and even when you're connected with people the same way if you're connected to me as a coma artist well i'm connected to the Aspen Yard, go and see what Aspen Yard is. If I might come down here for me, then you're going to see what else is here. Michelle, um, Andy is one of the guys that I interviewed for another podcast. He said, um, go through the door because through the door is the door that you didn't know you were meant to be going through, but you'd have to go through the other door first. And it sounds like what you're talking about, like just get out there, show up. And who knows where it's going to take us. Yeah, do you. And be enjoy, be happy doing you. You're valid. Your story or your idea. There's always somebody that wants you can relate to that. And you're going to feed their spirit too. You know, like people fed mine. You'll feed yours. So if you don't just all do us, how do we know that someone's not waiting to hear that gem, see that gem, be lifted by whatever it is you connect with. Even if it's just a fucking smile. No. And if we twist ourselves to look like these institutions want us to look so we can get in there, then we're missing the beauty and the richness of us, which is people are waiting for that. Oh, yes, there's many stories and our, sto your, your, our stories, their stories are valid and it makes this diversity of life, you know, this richness of life, people keep saying, oh, life is so rich. Yes, it is. If you let it be like shine. If you try and make us all, all uniformed, a bit like how you've got to go in one way, come out the other way, in this School control system and, yeah, and all yeah. this thing, yeah? <laughs> and we're not really made all that uniform, even though there's a, a necessity for uniform, yeah. that you can break the uniform. You see our kids used to style out the uniform, but it was all uniform, but somebody could just look fucking cool, you know? <laughs> it's life, do you understand me? And so it's, it's, it's that thing, so there's a need for it, and we all need it in life, but the world be happier. I'm thinking about the bees are just like in Blackburn House or whatever, and they're just doing the thing, being a bee. Yeah. And how did they know that? You know, they didn't know they're just being them, but but them being in your life turned it round by them just being the bee. Yeah. So and that's why I've got to stay connected to them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Michelle, um, I was going to ask you what you would tell your young self, but I think you've just like said it all. 
there's one of those mantras that I always like when I found it is that same thing feel the fear and do it anyway I always particularly like this one because I was a bit of a rebel always and then it was just getting back to that rebel in me and sometimes this thing that you do with fear and make it disable you and just but it's fear of being criticized all these things it's that so you can't negate it because it comes up so that's why I've learned not to negate anything what comes up just let it come up and then fucking do that anyway you know if it's shit it's shit <laughs> someone doesn't buy something's often sold if it's crap it's like that but you get it up yeah it's getting it up expressing out. it yeah even the crap and the hurt and the pain people this this thing about hurt pain torture turmoil trauma yeah can trauma. we please yeah and this is also part because this is a life thing clear from trauma so it, even this what art is done it always gave me self-expression i used to doodle yeah. um, my sister's a fine artist she studied it she's great nobody's gifted natural born artist i had to hone my little skills um but the trauma it was released really and the yeah, trauma. Yeah. And so then it frees the energy yeah. to be so much more. So this is why I was saying everyone's got it, people, everyone's got a story to tell. People say, but put your all our crap in the middle. You choose your own back very quickly, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's that because you'll survive it, you'll grow past it. And you can actually enjoy your life. Yeah. You have an enjoyable life and make everybody else's it's that what round the smile like I'm walking around right now. <laughs> oh Michelle, you're just pure love and you know, you just ooze that rebel sister gorgeousness. But it's not like it's not what I wanna say is that these women and these people like you, Michelle, they're everywhere, they're in our community. You walk down Lodge Lane and there's them soulful stuff. And I just think there's a million stories. We haven't got long enough in our life to capture all the magic that's here, have we? Yeah. So uh, we might never be millionaires, Michelle, or we might, but um, imagine what we'd do with a million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I love about people like us, Claire, you know, if you had a million, a lot of people would benefit. You know, exactly. that's one thing I, I also know. But the other thing I've also learned about what is valuable there's a financial value to things but there's something what a priceless and as you mentioned before what we do and what I get and the benefit it's priceless no no amount of money you could put on that and I'm one of those rebels will tell you fuck off any money you know yeah. you're gonna constrain me and, um, and I'll just and be free because the freedom the freedom to do what you want to do isn't it waking up every day clear and there's nothing no one telling me but I get up I'm here I've, I've actually opened the brigade today and I'm like oh I'm the first one in you know and I'm like whoa <laughs> you know so even that but there's no one telling me so freedom is yeah. I mean you know that's, I, I that's was looks well doing this bloody big contract with this organisation welfare to work years ago and getting people back to work and I was freelancing on it and they told me that I was over empowering people because they all wanted to become artists or whatever and there was terrible things going on like there was a young beautiful black man who spoke he learned French he was just from up the road here and he was we we found out that he loved he taught himself French he wanted to be a chef and he dreamt of going to Paris to be a chef and they were trying to get him to be as cure as he got in Tesco and it was just fucking racist hideous nightmare stereotyping but he said like you're over empowering you're telling him about Paris right so I said um, you know well I'll just walk from this contract if that's your you know thing and he said he won't walk away from so many thousands or whatever and I said listen I am set to no one I'm free and they all just looked at me and one of them years later said God, I just felt so trapped that minute you were in that meeting. I went, yeah, I am free, so you can stick that. Yeah. Um, but uh, freedom. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I think we'll remember on our deathbeds. Mm -hmm. uh, I was free. Mm -hmm. 
and that's the most wealth cleared. No, no amount of money could buy that. You know, as I always say, people can't buy my freedom, but can't buy my self-respect because that's the wealth. Yeah. That's the priceless yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, so that's what I, with it. If I was to make money, well, what we've seen with TV, look at this thing. We've seen money, you've seen people with money and they're not no longer happy. So yeah. if you're not wise, let's know that it isn't the money. What is it that makes you happy? Find your joy. You know, we found our joy. So. We found our juice and we're opposite each other so we can be in the B lot <laughs> yeah, to each other. Definitely. And I can imagine business advisors put their heads in their hands and just think, oh, I give up. <laughs> With them too. <laughs> um, so uh, here's to a gorgeous start of a friendship. And um, Michelle, just everybody, we're going to put all the links up. So give our Michelle a follow and a love. And um, we can only get juicier as we get older. So watch this space. I love that one. <laughs> you watch how we're going to just be dangerous women. I'm taking that one, clearly. We can only get juicier as we get older. Oh, that's a line, you know. I'm having it. Oh, big love, Michelle. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to the Way of the Wild Dreamer podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to follow more of my work, you can visit my website at www.clairebeloved.com. I hope you found this podcast inspiring and irreverent and juicy. Wild, wild dream
do not walk alone A lineage before A lineage that flows